Kia ora. Hi. How are you doing, man? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, no more than hard, mate. Then a cake tone, then a cake tone, then a cake tone, good talk. Koi Ben, Tokoimwa. That's a greeting from New Zealand here in uh, my house in Auckland. Um, and it's great to uh, great to be back talking with uh, the Amazon group. I can't see you. All I can see is a picture of Robert. So, <laughs> whether there's actually anybody there, so I'm just going to have to talk. But I do understand that Neil McEnroy is there, so I would like to say hi to Neil. Neil was out in Auckland last year. We had a fantastic time when he was there place making. So I just have to say shout out to Neil. Um, what I'd like to talk to you uh, about today is uh, access for everyone. And access for everyone is a bold step in the right direction for pedestrian-friendly city centre. It is a creative urban design approach to a complex challenge that will unlock the potential of one of Auckland's and New Zealand's most iconic streets. It also has the potential to create the cleanest air of any city in the world, and this is significant. Uh, but first, New Zealand is bigger than you might think. If overlaid on Europe, it would stretch from London to Madrid. It's highly urbanised. The UN says that it's 86% urbanised. But it's also largely empty of people. There's only 4.5 million people that live here. And of those 4.5 million, half of them live above this line, which is roughly two or three hours within um, striking range of Auckland. And this region is also the region that's growing fastest. Auckland itself is about 1.6 million people. And uh, if it was laid out over the UK, it would stretch the 100 miles from London to Birmingham. Uh, so our state highway one is your uh, M40. Um, the most people though, live within a very small area of Isthmus, which is between the two um, harbours, roughly in that kind of area. And the two harbours, the Waitamata and the Manukau. Auckland is also very much defined by water. So 90% of the people in Auckland are within five kilometres of the sea, and obviously five kilometres of the beaches. Um, it also has 50 volcanoes, which in geologically defined terms is called frickin' lumpy. <laughs> now, like uh, any self-respecting Edwardian city, Auckland invested in trams. And the first electric trams appeared in 1902, which was only a year after the London ones. And it was a very extensive system. It was the only one in the world that stretched from coast to coast. At this time, in the kind of interwar period, there were 120 million public transport trips a year, which is pretty amazing considering there are only 250,000 people. It was one of the highest in the world at the time. But then, of course, the uh, highway engineers and uh, planners and the politicians at the time decided to draw black lines on white plans and white lines on aerial photographs. And in the 50s, there was a big transport um, plan initiated. Uh, lines were drawn across neighbourhoods, and unfortunately, in Auckland's case, all of it got built. So Auckland is now surrounded by this huge motorway system. And of course, the trams that did exist were replaced by trolley buses in the 50s, which then turned into diesel buses, which then turned into deregulation, which meant there were no buses. So by 2005, Auckland had the largest number, Auckland, sorry, New Zealand had the largest number of private cars per capita anywhere in the world. This is a remarkable turnaround in just 50 years, from being one of the highest public transport riderships in the world to being the, the largest um, private cars per capita anywhere in the world. And the city centre was known as the central business district and uh, had fewer than 2,000 residents. 
But this is turning around. And now the city centre is one of the most highly populated areas in the country, but it's also significant for its air quality. Today, there are 57,000 people living in the city centre. This has doubled in five years. It's the fastest growing residential neighbourhood in all of New Zealand. Today, uh, this, this year, we uh, reached 100 million public transport ridership um, trips. And now, for the first time since probably about the 60s, there are more people who are entering the city centre by non-car modes than by car. So our access for everyone has a number of objectives, and I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, I just want to talk about three, um, three elements of this. The first is about the systems change. The second is about using interim measures, not just temporary interventions. And the third is around the future focus. Now, as it's beer time here, I will just be uh, <laughs> making sure that I get lubricated. So the context for Access for Everyone, or A for E as we call it, is, um, is in the master plan for the city centre. This was adopted in 2012, but has been refreshed, was being refreshed at the moment. And the master plan creates a series of new neighbourhoods in the diagram on the left. A for E uses the existing roadway, the existing motorway, which runs around the city centre, and the multi-level car parks that exist in these neighbourhoods. Um, but vehicles entering the city centre under this proposal will not be allowed to go through as they currently do. They will be stopped and turned around. So we're using the car parks and the motorway infrastructure to facilitate the movement of private cars around the edge of the city rather than bringing them into and through the city. We're reusing the legacy of the 60s, 70s and 80s in order to help us get the city to function better. And then into the middle, that means that we can prioritise public transport. Um, we are in currently building an underground railway, which will double the capacity of the existing rail network. And this will open in 2024. We're also planning a new light rail, and the bus network is being um, uh, re-evaluated. And that will then open up these streets for people. The private cars will be kept to the outside. The inside will be services, essential vehicles, the public transport, walking and cycling. But to achieve this, this change, we need this to happen rapidly over a number of sites all at the same time, and we need to improve the user's experience. We need to scale this quickly. If we consulted on finalised designs for every street closure or for the public realm interventions, we'll have no budget left, and there won't be, um, and we'll encounter a lot of resistance. So we're seeking bespoke solutions, but within the system of behavioural change. So we are investing in a system of co-design with the user and the user experience at the centre testing new ideas, learning, growing, and scaling things. Currently, the user experience is poor for everybody. So the pedestrians are forced onto narrow pavements by the parked cars. The uh, shopkeepers um, who will go to the trouble of putting out great displays in the windows, but it's hard to see them because of the traffic. Through traffic is slow to almost crawling. And most of the shopkeepers say, don't bother parking because there aren't any car parks. Deliveries are then done in an ad hoc way, um, so the delivery bays and delivery hours are not really observed, and of course the um, difficulty with ambulances and emergency services. So we're looking at focusing on people and the operations of the street and functions of the street. Taking High Street, this one in the centre, um, there are simply there are only 42 um, on-street car parking spaces. 
However, at the southern end, which is to the right, there are, there's a multi-level car park for nearly 900 cars. And even at the peak time, there's an um, availability of roughly 22% or 200 spaces. So we need to, um, but in, in many instances, we, we don't need to kind of remove the curves and repave and install tree pits. What we want to do is to test stuff out and demonstrate what the benefits can be before we actually go in and, and achieve some of these interventions. Um, the council itself obviously has a statutory consultation process, have your say, but we're actually expanding that. And so we've gone out to groups, we've got a reference group and advisory groups, we've done community get-togethers and one-to-ones, walking up and down the street, talking to the people who are actually living there and working there. And we've managed to establish some place champions. These are both political, but um, also within the community. Um, so that's delivering us a systems change. But we're also using this in order to support some interim measures. So while we do do street closures, as you might, uh, as you might expect, uh, for events and things, we're also using tactical and urbanism as an interim measure. And here is this, this is stepping on the way to something more permanent, rather than just being simply a temporary thing. However, using these um, place kits, which is these brightly coloured planters, we're able to tighten up um, radii on roads, we're able to create some space for commercial or community uses, we're able to take away the car parking and simple measures like painting these dots on the ground at crossing points gives people and cars a sense of something different going on and slowing down. Crucially we can do this at many different locations around the city and it's, and it's temporary, it can be taken away overnight, it's set up overnight, we can move things around, we can test them. So we're getting feedback on how it's working and who's using it time. And the final one is around getting fit for the future. So access for everyone sees the city centre preparing for its multimodal use. It's encouraging walking. We have half a million uh, walking trips per day in the city centre, but also micro-mobility. So Auckland is one of the testing beds for all the um, uh, scooter hire, uh, bike hire um, companies, and e-bikes really work well in such a hilly place. But we also have light rail proposed down the middle of Queen Street in the Queen Street Valley. And by moving the cars out now, bringing in those interventions, the disruption caused by the construction will be far less and is likely to be more acceptable. So we've got an eye that these things are actually about how we can progress in going forward to the future. So eventually we will have a city centre dominated by public rail, not by cars. We're looking at a systems change. We're looking to seek experimentation with some interim measures and test them out thoroughly before making anything permanent. And we're focused on the future. It really will be the place to go to and not go through. Kia ora, namihi. <laughs> Kia ora.